you've misconsidered the source, this is about prayer, but it's going to be a little bit more next week. Do not miss next week. We're going to dive into the Bible. I'm telling y'all right now. If you want to know why and how to read the Bible, why should we do it? I'm telling you the next two weeks are for you. Do not miss it. And if you've got the Bible licked and how to read it, I'm going to let you teach the next two weeks, right? Because none of us do. But I'm really excited about the next couple weeks in the life of our church. But listen, here you go. We've done an acronym for pray. Week one, we kind of introduced the why, and then we did an acronym for pray. We praised, right? P was for praise. R was for repent. A was for ask. And last week we said we ask kingdom questions, not God, I need. And he gives us what we need as a result. It's amazing. But, but listen, I don't want you to miss this. Today we're going to cover the why. And, it, and when you have praise in the proper place that you come to God in a spirit of prayer, and it's not just worship, but that's a beautiful way to do it in music. But it's a heart of, of praise. It's a heart of coming to him with expectancy. And then you repent and then you ask, this is the other part of like the guardrails when it comes to prayer. I believe if you can get these three and have it good and miss the fourth one, you've missed everything. And I'm just going to be honest with you all this morning. When I get to this in a second, you'll understand. I've really, I've really felt like in my life I've done the first three pretty doggone well. Man, the fourth one is the most difficult one for me, and I believe that it will be for y'all. So y'all just tell me what you believe this sign is. Y'all, who knows what this is? Yield sign, right? Yield sign. I need y'all to be honest with me this morning, so I'm going to need y'all to chatter and talk to me. How many of y'all follow the yield sign, right? So let me tell you what I mean by follow the yield sign. This is the law, okay? When you see a yield sign, what are you supposed to do? What does yield mean? Yes, you're supposed to yield. You're not supposed to use the word back, okay? What are you supposed to do? Slow down is the wrong answer, truck driver. You are supposed to... Stop and look and wait and then go. How many of you, be honest now, that we're in church, right? How many of y'all follow the law and stop when you see a yield sign? I need honesty in this house right now. Show of hands, you stop. Come on, some of y'all are rule followers, don't lie. Raise your hand. Okay, let's try this one. I'm impressed, right? How many of y'all at least slow down and pause? Sweet. Uh-uh. You lying. I see you. No, in the orange shirt. I know you. <laughs> right? Let me tell y'all what I think of when I see the yield sign, right? All right, so when I'm driving to work, I get on the interstate. It doesn't matter where. Some of y'all will know where. I get on 85, and I, then I get off here at exit 60. And when I get on, like, I don't, I don't understand this, okay? Hmm. The yield sign's in the wrong place, okay? I'm just being honest. The yield sign should be in the lane that turns in. So when you get on the interstate, there's a turning lane and you go, right? And then I have a ramp. What is the ramp called? It's an acceleration, right? So I'm going the speed limit, wink, like, and, and I'm, so that's 50. And the person has stopped to turn. Are they going 50? No. So I got a decision to make. <laughs> Accelerate. Praise the Lord for acceleration, right? Or stop and yield. So here's my rule, y'all. I'm just telling you, y'all, I'm not, this, I'm not saying this is right. I don't need any emails. I know I'm going to get some. If we're even, I'm leaving, okay? If I see this sign, and it's in my lane, right? So I'm getting on the ramp, and there's a big yield sign right here every day of my life. 
Most of the time, there's someone coming from this way. If you're going 20 and I'm going a, a slight bit faster than 20, I'm leaving, right? Now, that's not right. Is anybody else with me? This morning, y'all are looking at me, and I know that's some of y'all, right? If we're even, who, who understands if I'm even, I'm leaving when it comes to you? Somebody needs to talk to me because y'all know, hey, y'all are leaving me up here by myself, and I know y'all, some of you, and that's y'all, right? And, and the reason for this, just being honest, is because when I look at this sign, I see a suggestion, okay? <laughs> they are suggesting me yield. Is it? No one else feels this way? I suggest that you slow down if you have to. But it's bad because the truth is, like, there's roads in between here and 290, and a lot of them, like, roads connect. And I drive to see some friends that live either out of state or, or in, like, little towns. And when I see this, this is my thought. This road is connecting to this road, and I'm on the road that yields, and they're going 50, so I need to. Some of y'all said stop, and I said go 60, right? <laughs> because that's... Because that's kind of the thought process with me. I'm not saying this is right. This is not right. Let me make sure you understand this. Don't do this. Don't get in a wreck and say, my pastor said that I shouldn't yield, right? But here's the reason I do this. I'm just being honest. I, I'm, I'm, we're like fast-paced people. And then I'm just high-strung on top of fast-paced people. And I don't have time to slow down to let you go. You're a truck. And you can't go 50, and I'm already going 50, and I don't think you should have the right of way anyway, and they put it in the wrong place, so I'm not going to follow the yield sign because I, I get to make my own yield signs. Someone say amen, right? So, so I, get to, I, I decide the rules for my life when it comes to yield. Now, when you put this word on it, it don't change anything, right? It doesn't make it all of a sudden a yield sign, but honestly, I see it like this. It's just, it's just a blur. I don't pay attention. I don't stop. I don't pause long enough to actually yield. But, but the word today, praise, repent, ask, yield. This is the key, everybody. This is the key. When prayer is in, when, when I want to have an attitude of prayer where I'm changing the world with the gospel, me in the car, that picture of me in the car, that's the reason that I struggle. And I believe this is the truth. I heard from some of y'all this week. When I put this on social media, I, I heard from some of y'all. How many of you guys, and, and you don't have to say it right now, but how many of you guys would just say, Pastor, man, I, I've tried this and I've tried this and I've tried this, but I can't seem to get it. I keep going back to what I was and I don't understand what the problem is. I keep being what I don't want to be. I understand what Paul is saying when he says, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I do, I don't want to do in Romans chapter 7, and I don't get it. I don't get why. I'm telling y'all right now, it's me in the car, and it's the yield sign. It's me assuming that it is a, possibly something that I should follow if it helps me. But in the situation that I'm in where I always want to get there faster for some reason, I'm not really too worried about it. And so I hit the accelerator in my life all the time. And when it comes to my spiritual life, this is the same thing that I do. And it's a lack of me falling under the authority where I should. I praise, man, and I believe God's in charge. And I repent and I ask God to forgive me. And I ask him to use me. And I walk out the door having not yielded and say, we got to go faster. We got to fix that problem. We got to do, we got to do, we got to do. And then I'm like, why am I struggling so bad? I didn't look at the sign. I didn't even consider the source. 
I've praised the source, repented to the source, asked the source, but I haven't yielded under the sword. That's the guardrail to keep me from the cliff to go off. But I don't even think about it because I got to go faster and I got to get around that truck. So remember, Jesus in Matthew 6 saying, and we just sang it, our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, awesome, praise your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I ask, give us this day our daily bread. Repent and forgive us our debt as we've forgiven other people of their debts against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The English standard said, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then this is it. This is it right here. I've got all that, right? Y'all with me so far? I've got that I don't want to go into evil and I, I got all that. But then this is the part that Jesus says, for yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and forever and forever. Amen. And this is, this, this is Jesus who was God in flesh saying, and in all of these things, I'm following under your authority, meaning I'm yielding to you. Because here's the definition of yield, and I, I really find it fascinating. It's to offer or give return. It's, it's to offer or give return, to give up or surrender. For me to yield, for me to actually do what it means to yield in a car, I've got to give up my right to go faster. This is really hard for somebody in here, me. Like, I've got to slow down. It, yielding, when you see a yield sign, if there's no one on the road, you can look both ways and go, right? You don't have to stop. But if there's anyone around, you are supposed to stop. I'm real bad at this. Like, I feel like the exit, or, the, or excuse me, I feel like the emergency lane sometimes, I'm the only one, I can tell is a little bit longer acceleration ramp for me because of that yield sign, right? Because I got to go. And that's stupid. I'm just being honest. That's not smart. But if I'm being real today, that happens a lot in my life. I'm not sure that happens more than me not being willing to offer myself to God. Like, I just want you to think about this. When was the last time, and it could have been this week, it could have been today for y'all, but when was the last time as a Christian, and if you're not a Christian in here, this message is awesome for you, but stay with me, because this part right here is not for you yet, but it will be in a minute. But when was the last time, Christian, and I'm not asking when you prayed, I'm not asking when you asked God for something big, I'm not asking when, when you repented of sin, I'm asking the last time that you said, I'm offering you, me, fully, completely, I'm offering you myself to surrender Here's what I want y'all to know about that. When an offering would take place in the Old Testament, it was a sacrifice, okay? When a yield would take place, it was because it was time to give a sacrifice for your sin. You had to pay the penalty for your sin to God. It happened at, at excuse me, the Passover. And they would come and they would go to Jerusalem oftentimes because they could make their way to it. And they would bring the best spotless lamb or the, or the best um, ox that they had or the, whatever they had that was the best. Some of them, the poor people, they would bring pigeons. Whatever it was that was the best. But listen, here's what you couldn't do. You couldn't bring your worst. You couldn't look at God and say, any, many, miny, mo, there's the jacked up one, here we go, right? <laughs> like, you can't do that, right? 
You weren't going in with the pigeons and the current, the one that was sideways with the eye coming out. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the one that you were going in and giving. That's what we do. That's what I do every day. Because here's what would happen. We look at God and we say, I'm offering you myself, but I forgot about it like for the last couple weeks and I don't really know why I'm struggling. My bad. And then they would go to the, listen, they would go to the high priest and they would offer this gift. And if they offered a gift that wasn't perfect, and obviously it had some blemish, but the most unblemished lamb or the most unblemished ox or the most unblemished pigeon that they could find in their flock, the best, their first fruit. If they didn't offer that, it was not accepted. It was rejected and you had to go get a better one because it was your job to shed blood before Jesus to offer a sacrifice. Now, when Jesus came, we trusted him as our savior. He was the spotless lamb. He shed the blood and our sin was forgiven. Your sin before and after, if you've trusted Christ is forgiven, but that does not mean that you have followed under his authority today. That means you're forgiven, but it is totally different to yield. And here's what, here's what Paul said. Like, you know all these things. You know what Jesus said. You know the description of prayer, the how he gave. Here's how you do it. You read Romans 7 and 21 where it says, what I want to do, I, I don't do it. I, and I'm so frustrated, Pastor Mark. How do I not do what I, what I wish I, I didn't do and I don't want to do it anymore and then stop doing it? I, I just want to do different. How do I do it? And many people use that verse as a crutch and they say, see, Paul struggled with it so I can struggle. No, no, no. That was people under the law. Every one of you that aren't Christians, that's for you. That's the way that you live your life. That's the testimony of your life. But for every person that has trusted Christ, grace has come to your house. You are clothed in the righteousness of God. When he looks at you, he sees glory and honor and praise because you are his child. And no longer am I, am I looked at as a sinner. I'm looked at by God and he holds no sin against me. There's no condemnation for those of you in Christ Jesus. But Mark, hang on. Bro, you don't know my past. No, but I know you're Jesus. I know the one that you call Savior. I know the one that names you. I know the one that knows the hairs on your head, and I promise you, it doesn't matter what you believe about yourself or how bad you screwed up this week. If you know the Father through Jesus, if you've trusted him as Savior and Lord, he looks at you and says, you're my daughter and you're my son, and I love you, and you're no longer that. But what I do is I look at it and say, yeah, but Paul struggled, man, so so do I. And it's no big deal. And, and everybody struggles. No, sir. No, ma'am. Listen, we all do. And we all like sheep go astray is what scripture says. But, but it is no longer good enough for me. I'm, I'm tired of looking at myself and saying, my life is fast. I'm going to hit the accelerator. I can get around them. Stop. Pause a second and listen to what Paul says. He says, as a result of all this, grace has come. We don't have to live under the law. We have grace that is much higher than the law. He made it more difficult than the Old Testament law. He said, if you look at a woman in lust, you've committed adultery. He made it more difficult to be righteous in our own eyes and, in our, and through our own actions. But he said, but the grace of God is bigger than all of that. The gift of God is salvation through Jesus. He said, as a result of all this grace that you have received through Jesus, here's what you should do. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, looking at all these things that you were, understanding that all of us were guilty Romans 3.23, all have sinned. Remember, all this is leading up to that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages or the penalty of that sin, verse, chapter 6, verse 23, is death. It's hell, it's separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ. 
And he says, I urge you, brothers, by viewing God's mercy or by the mercies of God. What, what are the mercies of God? That, that I was dead in my sin and that I'm alive in Christ. That he didn't look at me and say, you are punished. You're not really my son. You're not really my daughter. Look at what you did. Look at how you live. But that every day, it's new. That everything good comes from God. That all the blessings in my life, my life are by God. That all that I look at and I say, man, what an amazing blessing. That was God. Don't ever fool yourself and think that you accomplished a great thing without God being in control of whatever that thing was. That's God. And that's the beauty and the majesty and the amazing thing of God. We're clothed in the glory of God. You are loved. Remember last week? He doesn't look at the lilies in the field and he doesn't look at the birds and think, I'm going to clothe them and take care of them, but I'm going to forget my children. No, he loves you. The mercies of God are, are new every morning is what Lamentation says. It's, it's his steadfast love, his constant love and his mercy is new every morning. His faithfulness is great. So by viewing that, here's what you do. You present your body. And it's not literally like, ta-da, right? Here you go, you're welcome. But you offer yourself, God, I've, I've praised, I've repented, I've, I've asked you something for big kingdom questions. And now I'm yielding myself. I'm offering, presenting my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Am I the only one? I need y'all to talk to me. Am I the only one in the room that struggles with this? I mean, it's, it's hard for real. Because here's the deal. Life is fast. You got deadlines at your workplace. You got sickness in your home. You got laid off two weeks ago. You can't pay your bills. You don't know what to do with your life. You feel sick to your stomach because of all the stress that's bearing down on you and you got to fix it. And as a result, we pray and ask God for help. And we repent what we've done wrong and we beg God to forgive us. And we really don't believe that he forgives us because we believe that God is awesome, but not quite awesome enough to forgive us. And we see the yield sign constantly flashing in our lives. We're like, nah, you don't want, really want me to yield completely under your submission. You don't want me to present my body. Those other people, they'll change the world. Because this is what it means to present. I find this fascinating. To bring forth without a case, surrender. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. Look at your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder right now, say, God wants me to yield. Say it loud. I can't hear you. Thank you. Who else? Look at your other neighbor and say, I didn't like you as much as them. <laughs> to bring forth without a case, surrender or yield. Listen, when I'm presenting, I'm not, I, don't, I don't like have a presentation with my Saturn. Ta-da, you're welcome, right? But I'm supposed to surrender to the car that is on the way and to the law of the land. That is what a yield is. That is, what, that is what it literally means to yield under God's authority. And yet what I do is I do all the things that I believe are my checklist to God. God, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Why am I still struggling? Because you've not yielded. Because you tried to fight it on your own. Because every single day you know how you struggle, right? And you know what you wish you weren't and you know what you wish you were. And you constantly beat yourself up and tell yourself why you're not good enough or why you're not smart enough or why you're not... You say, God, I keep doing the same things over and over, and I just don't get it. I'm just going to tell you all the truth about something, all right? 
Last night, <laughs> Lee and I had, uh, we had an awesome day yesterday, and we were on our way home. Typically how arguments start in my house is I needle a little bit, or a lot bit, right? And so I'm, I'm asking questions, and she's, we're going back and forth. And I just kind of decide in that moment to be a little bit sarcastic, and by a little bit, I mean a whole lot sarcastic. And we just start going back and forth, and I'm like, why are we doing this? And then we get in the room, and we talk it out after a little bit of fussing. And we both just start kind of laughing at each other after a while. And then Leah said, what do you think the problem is? This is just the truth. I'm not proud of this or embarrassed of this. This is just the truth. Baby, I'm, I'm tired. And I'm not talking about sleep. I'm just really tired. And I don't know why. I, I feel like things are going better than they've ever gone in my life. My kids love me. My kids adore me. When I walk in the room, they, they go crazy and they want to jump in my arms. And y'all have, some of y'all have seen it in the hallways when we let the animal out of the cage, right? <laughs> I feel good in my life right now, but I'm exhausted. And I don't know what the problem is. And every Saturday night, we have a routine. She says, why don't you tell me about your message? That'll take your mind off of it. And I've studied this and studied this and studied this, right? And I, I, we both laughed out loud. I was like, for real? Like, I'm about to deliver a message that I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. Man, I'm telling you, I have spent time with the Lord this week. Listen to me, I'm not bragging. Please know that I'm not bragging after that. And walked out the door without a yield sign. And it doesn't work that way. I can't be under my own authority. I can spend five hours in prayer and deeply involved in Scripture. Do you hear what I'm saying? Does anybody, am I talking to anybody today? I can spend five hours praying and five hours studying and not be yielded in Christ, falling under His authority and be a train wreck that has a guardrail with a million-foot cliff, a, a, a cliff that is so big that it's an abyss that we just look down and it's like, I don't know what, that's so scary. Right? And that's our lives. That describes my life oftentimes as I'm going wide open. The throttle is 10,000 RPMs. I, I feel like that the world is spinning around me. How do I stop this? I just need rest. I'm so tired. There was this guy, man. His name was Jesus. Y'all heard of him, right? And he explains this. And I just want to kind of give you this. My life is so good. I'm so blessed. And sometimes there's a weight. I'm just being honest. Like, there's just things that happen. And I, I, I carry people. This week, we've had two cancers. And um, we've had job layoffs. And we've had, um, I'm trying to go through in my mind real quick. We've, we've just had so many things. And I carry it. And it's heavy. And I just want to fix it. And I, listen, I'm not God, right? And I know that doesn't come as a surprise to you. But sometimes I want to carry that weight. And then I let exhaustion sink in and sin, listen to me carefully. Some of y'all need this word this morning. Sin is always on the heels of exhaustion. Sin is always on the heels of exhaustion and the answer is not go to bed. Because some of y'all have been sleeping a lot and you don't even feel like getting out of bed and that's not the answer. 
And you got this weight, man, and it feels like you're so heavy. I don't know what to do with this. I feel like I'm walking around with an anvil on me, and I don't know what to do. And I'm just telling you, man, if I would be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word like Scripture says that I should be, life could really change. Because here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. This is Jesus speaking. Now listen, take this in. He says, come to me. Come to me with all your stuff, with everything that you're trying to carry, with all the lawsuits in your life, with all the people that have shunned you and talked about you because of that sin that you did, with all the past mistakes that you are and what you believe defines you, with the exhaustion that you have in your life because you're trying to carry burdens for yourself, for 50 employees because you're a boss at a job or, or, or you have a job and you don't even know if you can keep that job or, or whatever it is that you're trying to fix. Come to me with all of that. First Peter 5 says, cast all your cares on Jesus. He cares for you. I think we think that means this. I'm going to take my cares and I'm just going to throw it right and I'm out. No, that means I take off my cares and I lay it at the feet of Jesus, but that's not the end. That's the beginning. This is the end. Watch this. All who labor and are heavy laden, all who are carrying a burden that's so big and I will give you, say it loud. Yes. Pastor, it'd be so nice to find some rest because I'm, I'm going on vacation soon and it's nice, but it's not a guarantee for rest. Listen carefully. Ten hours sleep tonight is not a guarantee for rest. Jesus is my rest. Hebrews 4 says that He is my Sabbath. That I find my Sabbath not on Saturday, but in Jesus. That that is the place of freedom in my life. But so often I'm so busy, I stomp on that accelerator to get around the corner, to try to beat the traffic, to try to take my burdens. Am I the only one in here? I try to get through. And he says, take my, what's this word? Because here's the deal. When I carry that burden in and I cast my cares on Jesus, I'm actually casting my yoke on Jesus. I'm taking off my burden and I'm taking on his burden. Every single one of you, whether you believe this or not, you're yoked into something. I'm fixing to show you what that looks like in just a second, but you're yoked in something. Every person in the room, you're yoked in something. He says, learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy. Remember this. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now, and when we see this, we think, I don't want to be yoked to anything. I want to be free as a bird. You're not free. No matter what you think in this room and you might have disagreed with everything I've said, but this is not my opinion. In today's politically correct society, some of you may be offended by this, but you are a slave to something. You are a slave to something. The thing that you thought about when you got up this morning that you can't get off your mind, whether it's your kid's ball game, or your ex, or your job, or whatever it is, that thing that whatever it is, that's what you're yoked to. That's the thing that's got you a noose around the neck and it's what you're tied to. You are under the authority of something. It's either God or it's something. And when it's not God, it is something that's in the place of where God's supposed to be in our life. The only way that I can properly praise God is if I'm yoked to Him, which means I fall under His authority because I no longer have control. You say, I don't want to do what I, what I do and I don't understand how. Well, you're yoked in whatever it is. 
And then you answer your own question and we look at ourselves and we're like, oh, this is what a yoke looks like. Y'all seen this before? This is what a yoke looks like. And this is actually what happens is I take this and I fall into it. And I'm under the submission of a force that is not me. And I think for so many people, salvation is scary because you say, I'm no longer the Lord of my life. Let me be real with you. You're not the Lord of your life. The choice is not, are you the God of your own universe? The choice is, is God is the Lord Jesus who is the only one worthy, who is the only one that is light and easy, that is amazing, that, that lifts that heavy burden off your back and carries you through, that in your worst circumstances, he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Does that mean you won't go through hard times? but it means that he carries you through. So often people say, God will never give me more than I can handle. False, Eh, right? If I'm carrying my own load or whatever I'm yoked to is my load. If that is what's happening here and I'm pulling and I'm trying to go faster and I'm going on the accelerator and I don't look at yielding, but I've done the other stuff. I've checked the box. I've checked the God box in my life. It is much more than I can handle. The smallest, easiest, most simple thing will bury me in the weight of my own self and my own sin because I'm a slave to something and if it's not to the Lord Jesus who is amazing and worthy to be praised who wants me to cast my cares at his feet and then take on his yoke then it's a burden that will crush me and I will begin to say things that I never dreamed that I would say and do things that I never dreamed that I would do and I go I'm a Christian how does this happen well you're yoked in something other than Jesus Anything, listen, anything that you put in the place of the Lord Jesus is an idol. And we consider ourselves not idol worshipers, but we're false. We're, we're not being honest with ourselves. The only way to have hope in this room is to have guardrails up when it comes to how I pray and offer myself a living sacrifice presented to God as an act of worship which is why praise and yield go so beautifully hand in hand because that is my act of worship. John the Baptist, who was Jesus' first cousin, said it like this. He's got to become greater and I've got to become less. He must increase and I must decrease. I must die. This is Jesus. I must take up my cross daily and follow. I got to die to myself and follow Jesus. But so many of us, we get a get out of hell free card and we say, you know what? One time I prayed and I don't understand why I struggle. You you did. And I believe many of you meant it. And salvation is that first time that we say, Jesus, it's all about you. But, But what really happens in our lives is we never yield because it's so fast and so hard and we don't know what to do. Listen, the only one that can help you is not me. I can show you the way, but you've got a drink. And I just believe there's people in this room that you need to take the yoke in your life, the chains, the burden, that slavery, that weight in your life, and you need to take them off right now. And you need to stand up and say, I will not have this yoke anymore. I'm throwing it at the feet of Jesus. That's all my cares. That's all my burdens. That's what that word means in the Greek language. I'm taking all of what I have as a burden that is what I am enslaved to, and I'm casting it at his feet, and I'm taking on what he has. And here's what he has, and it's beautiful. And this is for everybody, and I'm done. Jesus took, and I can't imagine this weight. I can't imagine the exhaustion in Jesus because he took the weight of every person in this room. 
every single one of you, every single one of the people that have trusted him out there, and every single one of the people that can. And he took on hell, and he took on death, and he took on sin, and he defeated it by dying on the cross, by laying in a borrowed tomb for a couple nights, and on the third day by raising up and saying, I've got this. We have exploded hell. Hell no longer has a hold on us. I took away the keys. We kicked down the door. There's nothing else that can happen because we have the victory. Listen, you are not what you think you are. You are in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God. It is time that we slip this on and take off of our burdens and throw them at the feet of Jesus and say, I trust you. Every day I yield to you. I am so tired, Pastor, of trying this thing on my own. I fall every Every day. And then I ask you or I ask somebody, why am I doing this? The answer is whatever I'm yoked to, whatever I'm locked in with, whoever I'm tied to is whoever I'm yielded to. That's whoever I'm following. That's whoever I'm pulled by. And I'm just telling y'all, I'm tired. And I'm ready to be yoked with Jesus. Is there anybody else in this room that would say, that's me, I'm ready to be yoked to Jesus right now? I don't, I'm not asking, do you want to get saved? I'm just asking, is that what you want to do? I want to give you a chance to respond real quick. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes. The first group. I just want you to be completely honest. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to just move in this house right now. Pastor, here's the truth, man. I've never really trusted Jesus by making him Lord and Savior, believing in my heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again. And this is the words I want to say today. You're my master. You're my Lord. I trust you as Savior. Forgive me of my sins and I give you my life. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to throw your hand up as high as you can, wherever you are in this room, and say, right now, that's me. I want Jesus to save me. I am so tired of running. And I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want hope. I want a home in heaven. And I want a future on this earth. Pastor, I want to be saved. Ready? Don't you hold back. Don't you let anything keep you. I just want you to throw your hand up. One, two, three. Throw it up. Wherever you are in the room. I see two hands. Keep them up. Wherever you are in this room. Wherever you are in this room, throw them up. I believe there's more, guys. I believe there's more. Who else? Who else would say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be saved right now. I know that I need that right now. I want everybody to look this way. Look up here. Hey, listen, with everybody looking, this is a little bit of a gut check, okay? I believe the Holy Spirit was moving in some of your lives. I'm just telling you, Lee and I had a moment last night that was fantastic. And we were emotional and laughing at each other and having fun. And I just said, you know, life is hard. Life is fast, but his yoke is easy. <laughs> what would happen? Listen, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is for us right here, for every person that would call yourself a Christian. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You will never have the renewing of your mind where we can go out with the culture of honor and the culture of love and the culture of hope and go out to them who is hopeless, who is loveless, who hurts and who deeply needs Jesus and think we're going to change the world. We will feel emotion and we will do it for one week and we will go back to the same difficulties that we were in before. Why? 
because it truly is about being yoked in him, being fully surrendered under his authority. I am the glory and the righteousness of God. I do not care what people think about me. I know about me that I am his son, that I'm clothed in his glory, that I am, I have his name and that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, but not by, by excuse me, not by my power not by my will, not by all my greatness. There's none of that that I'm worried about. It's all his greatness on me. I am his son and I will serve the Lord. I will fully surrender to him. And I'm just asking y'all if that's you, if you feel the same way that I did last night, I'm admitting that that's me. That I need to do a better job of not going through motions, not trying to get boxes checked, but saying I'm your son and I'm offering myself to you, Father. In the name of Jesus. If that's you, just stand to your feet. And I believe it's most of us in this house today. That's me, Pastor. The truth is I really need that in my life. If it's not, it's okay. Don't do it because someone else did. Lord Jesus, you see our you see our lives. You see our hearts. We offer ourselves to you, Lord. We are going to lift our hands and shout to the rooftops. Not so we impress you, but because you have taken our yoke. We have yielded to you. And you are worthy of praise. You're wonderful, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Sing with us.